Hey everyone, it's Tom here, Alf Metallica, here with another episode. I know I said that Alf Metallica was over, in a sense, the original run. Uh, but, you know, this song exists out there, and it's a very kind of, uh, you know, fluid tributary between histories there. I just want to keep the show going. And Alf Metallica is still going, in case you thought we'd left, in case you thought I was just pumping out those compilation episodes, which is still fun to do, but, you know, there is new content here, and we are tackling something that technically hasn't been released yet, but um, this was part of SNM2. This is Iron Foundry, when Metallica showed deference in a very, you know, courageous, daring, very Metallica thing to do, showing deference to the orchestra and, you know, covering one of their tunes, so to speak. And today, we're going to get into it, as we always do with the guests, just before we do quickly, um, get in touch with me, MetallicaPod.com, if you want to come on the show like this. Because I'm not doing the original one, you know, if you want to come on and discuss a show or a top ten or whatever... Like, just, just, just hit me up. I'm totally down for doing that. We've got lots of cool stuff in the works as well. Jason Newstead episode. Pretty much all the notes are done recording that shortly. Going to do one when Hetfield was on Rogan. So this will all be on Patreon first. Um, and, uh, yeah, we've got lots of cool countdowns coming. So um, today I'm joined yet again by a fan of Metallica and hopefully this podcast. Chris, how's it going? <laughs> good. Doing good, Tom. How's it going, man? Your history runs deep, and there's something you you emailed me recently, and you know you just revealed this casually, and I'm still astonished. Um, you you were at Cunning Stunts. Yeah, I was there. Um, I think it was a two night show, mm. and um, I was there for the second night. Um, if you watch the DVD, when James is wearing like the long sleeve shirt, mm-hmm. that's the that's the second night, and I think Jason had. Um, like the flame Metallica, the like the orange flame head mm-hmm. that's like profile. Mm-hmm. That's what he was wearing that night. So that's also the, the that's how you can kind of tell which was the second night and which was the first night and stuff like that. And you were sixteen then, and that was ninety seven. Yeah. So that really posits you in a certain demographical way, uh, primed you know to be into the sort of second era of Metallica, so to speak. You know the sort of Jason era. Like, were you a fan from early on, or was this kind of when you were getting into them? Yeah, I first heard Metallica when I was probably about seven. Jesus. Um, like a lot of people, I have. You I know, wouldn't be ready for a seven. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I wasn't. It scared no. the shit out of me. <laughs> I was scared of it. Yeah. You know, um, mm-hmm. my father is like a kind of a, you know, right wing, born again Christian <laughs> guy. Sure. Um, and that was like devil music. You know, like we weren't supposed to listen to that stuff. Um, and so it was like kind of like a, ooh, this is bad. This is scary, taboo type thing. And then going through it, like, where was the love born? Well, my brother, uh, I got two older brothers, and my oldest brother, he's eight years older than me, so he was, like, 15. Mm. So he was kind of, you know, I think when you're a teenage uh, dude, especially, that's kind of when Metallica, you get bit by the bug, (laughs) I think, for a lot of people. (laughs) You know, you're just an angry teenager and mm-hmm. he was like a he was a big uh, bmx guy and he would work on his bike in the garage and he'd be playing you know def leopard van halen and then when master of puppets came out oh boy um of course he got that and i heard it in the garage when i was about seven hmm. and uh, i'll be honest I, I wasn't really a fan fan probably until a few years later when injustice for all came out um i remember he and i going to the store 
in his like beat up shitty 67 Mustang. <laughs> we went and picked up the cassette, nice. you know, the day it came out and stuff. And I remember hearing Blacken for the first time and, you know, that whole like, see your mother put to death and mm-hmm. like, oh my God, you know, like, cause you know, I didn't read the lyrics. I was just a little kid. So yeah. I just, I thought they were say, I thought they were satanic back then, but you know, of course I've, you know, learned that what the songs were actually about and stuff, but yeah. And you were there when, so to speak, the Atom Bomb was dropped, the Black Album was released. Like, what was that? Like, what was that like as a fan? Like, that's kind of that's like a fanatic fan. You know what I mean? Like mm. an actual fan of the band. Sure. sure. Um, because I was they came out what ninety one. Mm-hmm. So I was twelve. You know, and Somewhere. that's you know hearing yeah hearing Inner Sandman and Sad but True and the unforgiven and you know, wherever I may roam and nothing else matters. That was just like, wow, this stuff is amazing. And then also too, at that time, CDs had start to, to get cheaper. You know, they were around in the late eighties, but they were like super expensive and only really rich people had them. So was that like the, the, lo- the long box so era? Was that around then? Um, the long box, you mean like the binge and purge thing or no, I mean like no CDs were sold in long boxes, weren't they to like fit in. Sort yeah. Of, yeah. Like... You're, I totally forgot what you were talking yeah. about for a second, but yeah, when I got master of puppets on CD, it was in the nice, the like maroon long box. Yeah. And that's uh, right. I totally and, forgot about that. And, uh, you know, going through it then, you know, through the decades, as we get to this point right now in January, 2020, like ups and downs with the band have you been committed for out of the some albums that horrify you (laughs) um well i mean i'll be honest when what was weird about the black album is to my ears it was still like heavy metal Hmm. you know and and i think a lot of people i mean it's metal but it's it's, still heavy as you know now like yeah for Mm. sure like you know through the never you know i mean it's heavy punishing but it's when when you go from the black album and then you go oh yeah i have the cassette to justice for all and i asked my brother i was like hey do you still have the master puppets and he's like yeah sure and then like i was saying when cds came out they re-released all their albums and that was the first time i heard uh ride the lightning and kill them all was when they came out on cd in like the early 90s or that's when it came to my yeah you know my neighborhood in texas and so i got to discover those albums after you know what i mean so it was like when load was coming out i was expecting i was expecting something more akin to like a cross between the black album and maybe justice for all you know what i mean i wanted the kind of the production sound of the black album with kind of the you know the the guitar the technical guitar because right. that's but metallica got me into guitar too i started playing guitar so many people and, and like yeah you know for sure we, we've said this a lot on the show and myself included i can remember being at the family desktop with my electric not plugged in learning king nothing <laughs> which is quite an easy riff with that octave shift and the chromatic nature of it and you know it is really fun to play and and yeah they have that don't they like obviously there's so much in the back catalog that's dire like impossible to play like it's really like if you can actually do that's fine it's very impressive but like a lot of their stuff bells etc like maybe that's part of it maybe because they are kind of every man in a sense for sure 
And when Load came out, I think they just they were rock stars then. Like, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? They were the biggest band in the world. They were super, super famous. I mean, they were oh, famous before that, but after the Black Album, they were like Pioneers, household like, names. Yeah, yeah, trailblazers. Like, I remember watching like hockey highlights on ESPN and the ESPN cameras like showed Lars and James at a, uh, it might've been a Canucks game or something. Okay. And the announcer for, you know, on, on ESPN's like, Oh, I love Ender Sandman. There's James and Lars Metallica. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so they just became so famous, you know, that it was just a different thing for them. So, and I think, the same thing happened to me as I've gotten older. I've, my tastes have sort of mellowed. You mm. know what I mean? Like, I don't just want to thrash all the time. I mean, I'm definitely in the mood to just, I can listen, sit down and listen to Slayer or Megadeth or Metallica and just, but sometimes I want something a little bit more bluesy sure. or easy listening, you know? So, I mean, and when you're a musician, you grow, you know, and you change. And now I was a, as I look back, I can kind of see the, you know, the growth of them from, you know, the little thrashers on Kill 'Em All, to all the way through the stuff they were experimenting with in the '90s, and then, you know, now they've kind of switched gears back to, you know, what they were doing before. Well, Does that you, make sense? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you were talking about that inventiveness and that level of experimentation, and that brings us to the song today. Which is, right. as I say, part of S and M two. Technically, it's not been released, but you know it's going to come out on CD and all that. So, and it's just going to be fun to talk about as well. So, this was, um, you know, basically the when the band came back in the second set because you know the first piece, the Scythian Suite, is you know pretty much the uh, symphony by itself. So, um, you know, where do, out of interest, like just to gauge your tastes. Obviously, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't, I don't really know you. Like we've exchanged a few emails, very pleasant conversation, right. but like, you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't know anything about you. So like I myself, I'm, you know, I don't dislike classical music, but I have to admit that it is a little bit of a blind spot for me. There's certain things that I know, certain movements, etc. But um, I love a quiz show over here that our UK listeners and maybe overseas also will know a university challenge which is like quite a difficult sort of academic quiz uh, that's on the BBC. But when I watch it on YouTube uh, with my girlfriend, okay. and whenever there's a classical round, we just skip it. Because it's like, I just don't know. <laughs> it's like, I, I'll play pieces, and I'm like, you know, it just doesn't, it's not really stuck to me. Like, where do you stand yeah. on classical music? Like? Well, my mother was, um, or is, um, hmm. she's a, a pianist. Ah. And she, that's kind of the first instrument I learned was piano as a, as a kid. Hmm. And she is really into classical music. She loves Beethoven and, you know, Pachelbel and Mozart and Bach and all that stuff. So I am a fan of classical music. Um, sure. I think it, I, I mean, mean this, is, me, this is a very different type of classical music, we should say. This is futurism. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but, and then learning to play that stuff and then also learning heavy metal, it's, it's eerily similar mm. as far as like complexity and mm-hmm. I think that's why when the first S&M came out, I loved it. And I think that, you know, heavy metal and, and um, classical music go together like peanut butter and jelly. I mm-hmm. think they sound really good together for me. Um, I always thought it'd be a cool soundtrack to a 
a film to have kind of, you know, like classical pieces. And then maybe if there's like, you know, medieval battle scenes, you could switch to like heavy metal, you know, while they're fighting or something, you know, to get that aggression. But um, I like it. Hmm. And, you know, so again, guys, essentially what's happening here is Metallica are aiding the orchestra, or, you know, completely part of the composition in performing this. This is a cover of a song called Iron Foundry, um, which is kind of factory machine music um, known by yeah. Alexander Mosolov. This is an example of futurist music. So basically after the revolution romantic music was kind of associated with the you know deposed ruling class so experimental ideas like this flourish and it is kind of like cliche almost to like think of this as like being like the you know the kind of crazy sounds of the sort of stalinist squall but still um this sort of music is quite effective i don't know how much you've listened to a futurist stuff like conveying a certain cataclysmic mood it's unmatched yeah it's what what year is this original from? Oh man, I think it's like the twenties. I think it's okay. uh, yeah. 26, 27, yeah. You know what it reminded me of when I first heard it? Mm. Have you ever seen the film Metropolis? Uh yeah, yeah, Fritz Lang, right? Yeah, that mm-hmm. imagery kind of popped in my head Definitely. when I first started listening to it. So Definitely. that makes sense that it's from that <laughs> era. It also reminded me of Metallica and Lou Reed's Lulu. <laughs> I have not heard that yet. Have you not? <laughs> No. Listen to every Alf Metallica episode. Like, save yourself the actual <laughs> songs, but don't ignore the downloads. No, but you need. No, I, I mean, mean, you need to check it out. As a Metallica fan, you owe it to yourself to listen to Lulu at least once. Like, oh, I plan on it. I just haven't got around to it yet. <laughs> Set aside the hour and forty. Like, it's quite long actually, but uh, you know. Well, it's definitely... you asked me earlier. You know, if I'm a fan, and I'm, I've definitely been a fan of everything. I mean, I like Sand Anger. Um, oh, I, I like everything that they put out. Yeah, like, for sure. I like Sanger. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I love Sanger. I don't love it like you do. Um, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I, just... I think maybe <laughs> I don't, it's, not like my, <laughs> it's not like my favorite album ever, but I, I, yeah. I, I definitely don't dislike it, and I definitely have it over. <sighs> do I have it over Load? I definitely have it over Reload. I don't know if I have it over. Load. I do. You have it over I have reload. it over. over I have it over Reload and Load. And Load, yeah, probably because it was kind of a return to what mm. I wanted from the band, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was it, it was heavy again. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't like the tuning of Lars's drums. No, um, I mean no. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah, you can love the guitars on say anger and the actual direction of it. Yeah. yeah. And still I just uh, still I just love it. James Hetfield. I love the way he plays. I could probably listen to him play all day. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it has a kind of studio feel, a kind of sprawl to it uh, that I actually yeah. really, really dig. But um, so yeah, let's get into the track, the performance itself, okay. which the the introduction, um, you know, real deep drumming here, like a kind of huge rattling as it goes across. Like Lars does well with the percussion here. Yeah, he does. He sounds good here, and um, I like what Kirk's kind of doing there. Mm. With the, uh, it, I, I, I would imagine that he liked it because it sounds like, like kind of horror. Totally to me. does. Totally does. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like hammer. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, do, it does. It's needling. Um. It's yeah. kind of like the note at the start of King Nothing. It's kind of like got that sort of frequency yeah. to it. Um. Yeah. For sure. Kind of playful but soulless and menacing in a way. And uh, you know, it's very it, creepy. Very. Yeah. Very creepy. And it's interesting that the band, for the most part, I mean, let's just talk about 
James and Kirk, are employed in this way to effectively be quite monotonous. And that that's a skill in itself to keep that going and keep that engaging. Right. No, it sounds cool. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I dug it, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I actually really like this. And I know some people kind of, you know, up in arms. And I remember seeing this uh, on SNM2 when I saw it in the cinema in Oxford and, uh, you know, really digging it then. And just as I said before, just just for the sense of experimentation that they're leaning into, I do really respect right. that. But, uh, yeah, Kirk with that riff, and then James just hair underneath, just backing it up with some real guttural chunks. Like, uh, right. the song's constantly, like, prodding at you, and then the orchestra really, really builds quite organically as well. Yeah. No, it's pretty. It's, it's really cool. It, it does mm. kind of get... I mean, I'm looking forward to when they release it mm-hmm. um, because I, I didn't get to go see it in the theater. I was right. kind of in the, in some transitions in my life at the yeah. time. So I just didn't get the chance, but I'll definitely probably pick it up when it comes out on video and, mm-hmm. and cause you know, on, on YouTube, it's kind of at the end yeah. for me, it was when everybody's kind of jamming together, it lost its sort of cohesion and it felt really sure. compressed because it's on youtube so i really want to check it out on some good sound quality so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and you mentioned that as well because it the song does have a kind of tidal aspect to it where uh you know the orchestra will take over or the band will kind of you know um have some authority and the song does pull back as well and reveals like the kind of classic like like that kind of idea yeah a kind of psycho element yeah psycho or mm-hmm. like mike myers or something Absolutely. going on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very <laughs> recognizable. And uh, it's just got this kind of swampy appeal, you know, and it kind of folds in and gets bigger and it has this kind of this, uh, you know, this sovereignty all of its own. It operates in quite a dissonant space, but it's quite digestible like like okay this is weird music we chris we can't get away from this but uh you know it's metallica doing it it's one of the biggest bands in the world doing it so it's not frank zappa out here you know what i mean like it's still quite you can follow the thread like i mean they're one of the few bands that can i mean i like it when they just do whatever the heck they want Mm -hmm. i mean you know what i mean more power to them like i i love it when when they experiment just because like I said, I think I'm just a fan of the, of the guys and mm-hmm. everything that they, they try. I'm willing to give a listen. You know, I am going to listen to Lulu one day, but I just haven't got around listen to, to it. Lulu, please. <laughs> I'm I telling will, you will. right now, listen to it. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, and a lot of it is really good. Like, you know, again, uh, maybe it's not going to be to your taste, but yeah, a lot of Lulu just, you said Hep before you're a Hetfield fan. Yeah. Hetfield's great yeah. on Lulu. Hetfield has yeah, some I'd love to, awesome ideas i'd love to meet the guy Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like yeah go to a raiders game with him or something would be awesome oh my god yeah his his circle is small but 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 no i yeah that would be amazing as well and this song you know it's not too long um it's scored for a lot of instruments piccolo flutes oboes english horn clarinets bass clarinet see this is just you know this is quite enigmatic to me four horns bass drums you know tuba strings etc and you know there's a lot of stuff on wikipedia as well about the piece being written in ternary form you know i don't i don't really know what these mean but um quote right mosolov coordinates the mechanistic rhythms into specific orchestral orchestral groups that work together like cogs in a well-oiled machine i mean does it give you that feel yeah it it, that's Mm -hmm. i was just about to say that was a you know perfect description of it it's mm-hmm. it's very mechanical yes and like they're 
like the pieces of an engine or something. Yeah, yeah. And you know, there are similar works out there. Uh, Arthur Honegger in 1923 wrote a song called uh, Pacific 23 or a symphony. And, um, you know, apparently it depicts a steam locomotive. So this kind of idea of employing, you know, if people are familiar with like GM Compa Bella or Marinetti or all these futurist painters and stuff like that, that iconography. Um, But uh, yeah. It's very um, industrial revolution, you know. Yes, yeah. Oh no, no, completely. And you know, it's fascinating yeah. historical document, really. And the fact that Metallica are diving back into this history pool <laughs> is fantastic. And you know, connotations aside, they're just incidental. But the actual music itself um, is pushing them in a different direction. And I think it's so fucking cool that they're so fucking huge. And I don't even want to call them risks, really, but they're just diving into these different quadrants of creativity that I applaud. Lord. And, uh, you know, exactly. this song, you know, I'm not going to put this song before I go on to bed. It's not going to be one of those songs <laughs> that's going to be on a playlist, but it will yes. be one of those songs that I will always respect. Yeah, it's not a lullaby, but no, it's very, no, uh, no, certainly yeah, not. it's very interesting to listen to. And, and yeah. I think that's what, what classical music does is it, it, it kind of gets your mind going. Mm. I mean, I used to listen to it to study when I was in college. Yes. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of YouTube compilations out there of, like, Debussy and stuff like that. And, you know, there is some fucking incredible classical music. I don't need to tell you that there's some incredible classical music. But as we always do, guys, we um, go onto the Twitter, at MetallicaPod, and I always ask for your feedback. And I appreciate, you know, this song hasn't really been out that long, or maybe you don't listen to it because it's not even out officially. But we got yeah. some people on the Twitter who got in touch with us. And Tommy, Tommy Trinkolo, has been on the show many times. We most recently discussed the Guitar Hero Metallica game. Check that episode out. It says, excellent in concept, much less in execution. I did really enjoy it, but sort of wish they had either pulled it off a bit better or had pulled out another Talica track. I mean, pulled it off a bit better. I, I think they, uh, you know, they gave a good showing. Yeah, I mean, I, I get what he's saying. Mm. It does seem like not as polished as probably you're used to, to hearing them. But, I mean, I don't know how many rehearsals they did, you know, before the show. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I've 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 played in bands in front of thousands of people before, and it's you know, it's just the way it goes oh, sometimes. Yeah. Oh they're, yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. They're, and they're and trying is, new stuff. This is going into cinemas worldwide, and this is yeah, this is bigger than big. Uh, Wayne Lafleur yeah. says, "I thought it was going to be awesome, but wasn't impressed. It sounded overly repetitive. I mean, that's kind of the point. And that part that Kirk was playing didn't sound mm. very good. I love the S and M two movie, but hope for more out of this one, like." Wayne, you just got to get on that futurist train, my friend. That's just what <laughs> yeah, it is, I'm afraid. Like, there's not going to be a fade to black solo. It's going to be... <laughs> like, that's just yeah. how it's going to sound. Yeah. It's going to just kind I mean, of... It, yeah. if, if he did just start ripping up like on solo, it wouldn't sound right. No, with yeah. the war on... Oh, no. Oh, no, that would be bad. Yeah, he's he's just another cog in the machine. Mm-hmm. In, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. Hell, so. um, But... Phil finally says, my biggest fear going to SNM 2 was that it would be too much of a retread of the original. When this number came hmm. up, I loved the idea of flipping the script and letting Metallica accompany the orchestra for a change. I thought it worked out really well, and I really enjoyed it. And, you know, Phil, I, I yeah. agree. And, you know, Phil's actually going to come on shortly for the Through the Never episode. Uh, I've never watched the film until yesterday. I've actually watched the whole thing now, so I've got loads of notes. We're going to discuss that. But, um, you know, I'm glad I'm glad Phil's out there, Chris, because I think, like us, he appreciates kind of what Metallica were doing here. Yeah, yeah, and that's a great film, too, Through the Never. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, any final thoughts on this track? 
No, I mean, it just kind of got me to uh, <laughs> go further down the rabbit hole. I hadn't really checked out any of the S&M2 stuff yet, so I started kind of uh-huh. watching some of the other songs. Like the uh, the really cool one was the celloist doing uh, Anesthesia, Pulling yes. Teeth with yes. Lars. That was cool. Amazing. Yeah. yeah yeah that was uh so uh yeah guys as always um you know follow us at metallica pod metallica pod we will get finally to the questions so what what is your all-time favorite metallica song um you said it earlier dire's eve mm. reading yeah i love that song that rhythm i love the yeah the the rhythm guitar i love i think it's one of kirk's best solos mm um and lars is just ripping it man i mean lars gets a lot of crap from from people but the dude's a great drummer he really know? is yeah yeah and fuck those guys it's like okay, okay <laughs> may, maybe he's not the greatest technical drummer is he a sort of genius no. arranger and just overall persona yes like yeah you know no, i mean he's him and james are the you know the, oh my the backbone God. of that band they're I mean, the futurist have... cogs like you know what i mean it's crazy <laughs> like seriously yeah, Dyer's Eve, and then um, I mean, my favorite probably overall album though is is probably Master Puppets. But, mm. Yeah, Master. But I, I love uh, I love Injustice for All as well. What about um? Okay, so yeah, what about your favorite album? Would you say that was Master? Yeah, Master mm-hmm. Puppets. Favorite album. Still my favorite. I what? bought the whole like box set. Oh yeah, you know the vinyl box set. So the riff tapes. Yeah, and and thanks to you. Uh, I got back to the front as well because you kept oh. whoring that that book out, so I had to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I went on Metal on your podcast. <laughs> we did a whole episode on it. Yeah, so and I'm I, I'm halfway through it already. I just oh, how good is it, man? It. It's so good. Oh, so good. It's so well put together. Matt Taylor, I think, who did the whole thing, like obviously with a crew behind it, but the book is just uh, as a musical document, unmatched, like absolutely fantastic. So, uh, what about favorite member of Metallica? Um, well, I never got to meet Cliff and that's kind of reading that book. It's like, man, I wish I could have met the guy, you know, just even for five seconds. Definitely. Um, and I have met James or Ah. not James. I haven't met James, but I've met Jason. Sorry. Nice. Nice. Um, my, I went to a show, I think it was 2000. Mm. Um, they played with, it was system of a down. Yeah, Kid Rock, System of a oh, Down, yeah, this, Korn, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all. Metallica, yeah. and and uh, James had like hurt his back or something, and so yeah, it was they a ski, came out. Ski accident, I think, went down. Yeah, is that what it was? Mm-hmm. And they came out the the you know before they played and said, yeah, James is you know hurt, so we're gonna play, and they had like Kid Rock come out and sing "Sad but True" with them. Yeah, um, they had the guys from Corn singing on some songs with them, and and Jason actually saying most of the songs yeah i think they did sanitarium cool. with darren from system yeah mm-hmm. and and they did uh creeping death and they did they they played they put a show songs. on yeah yeah, yeah yeah and they did it was cool but they said lars was like you know keep a hold of your ticket stub we're gonna come back yep and play a show when james is better and they did and it was free and they brought corrosion conformity with them which is one another one of my favorite bands so i was psyched to see uh, coc mm-hmm and then the funny thing is that when you uh, when you turned your ticket in and got a replacement ticket, the ticket said um, Metallica with Corrosion and Conformity and special guest James Hetfield. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> so James is probably my favorite. Like I said, mm-hmm. I'd love to meet the guy. But Jason was really cool. He was really nice to me. Um, 
he signed some stuff for me and he was the only guy from the band that came out um, that's the dude that's the dude man. yeah he came out to talk to us uh, my girlfriend and i and some of the other fans were just kind of waiting around the tour bus mm-hmm. and he came out and and uh talked to all of us and he was really cool Look yeah, I mean, you know, as I said before, we're prepping for a Jason episode, so I'm reading up on Jason a lot. And one of yeah. the things from So What, when they interviewed his family, was his older brother saying they always used to go to church on Sundays. And, you know, mm-hmm. between Sunday school and actual service, he would, as an eight-year-old, go down to the adults drinking coffee and just chat to them. Like, he was just always that people-focused <laughs> dude. Like, he was out yeah. there just... And he, he exudes that energy, right? Yeah, he's just a he's just a cool guy and just yeah. kind of has this um like ease about him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you just he puts you at ease. You know, you don't geek out around him or anything cuz he's just so laid back and yeah. just a really cool like people person for sure. And you know, we discussed before that you saw them at Cunning Stones. Like how many times have you seen them live? I've seen them four times live. Mm. Um all before 2004. Because I started having kids and stuff. <laughs> right? Fair enough. Well, so you, you've not caught them for 15, 16 years? No, I want I want okay. to see them. You know, hopefully, you know, James can... They're hitting a lot of festivals in the US, get better. I think, in a, in a few months. Maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to see them again, I think. Um, for sure. Check them out. I'm in a place in my life. I just got divorced, and so right, I'm like, right. you know... I'm ready to go see some concerts again. <laughs> let's go. Okay, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, sure. fi- final question then. If you were to do a podcast like this about another band that you loved, who would you like to cover? Oh, it would be Corrosion Conformity. Wow, okay. You see, through doing this podcast, and obviously all the Pepper references and stuff and James, yeah, I've listened to Corrosion quite a bit. And yeah. I do really love their stuff. And I hate to be a cliched guy because I don't know them that well. But Clean My yeah. Wounds is such a fucking badass song. I love that song. Dude, that song's awesome. And um, All that Wise Blood live, shit. Like, yeah. yeah, the Wise mm-hmm. Blood album. They have a um, a live album called, uh, I think it's, oh, what is it? Volume. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, live volume. Live should, volume, you yeah. You should check that out. It's, it's a really good performance from like 01 in Detroit I think okay cool and they they close the show out with clean my wounds and it's yeah it's they're awesome I mean I'd also love to talk about Pantera because mm. being from Texas and I actually met Dime and Vinny at separate Damn. times um, when oh, I was I 15 to both. Jesus. when I was 15 I was at um, Guitar Center in Arlington and Dimebag came in and he actually sat with me for like five minutes and showed me how to play the beginning part to I'm Broken. Mm. He was just down, the coolest down. guy. Oh, my God. Yeah. Down, 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 down. yeah. Look. And then <sighs> in 08, I ran into uh, Vinnie Paul at a bar, and I did a shot with him. <laughs> do the Pantera podcast. There isn't one out there. You should do it. <laughs> yeah, I should. <laughs> I love that band, man. Mm-hmm. They're just talk about. I mean, it's genius. Coc and, and Pantera are definitely more southern. You know, you can hear that kind of yeah, southern oh, oh, metal. Oh yeah, hell yeah, definitely. Which being being from the south, like that, that's the trend kill, to me. right? I mean, Jesus. oh yeah, the great southern mm-hmm. trend kill, the great yep. southern trend kill. That is, yeah, that song still twice. knocks me out. Like so. that song is just a masterpiece. Yeah, I, I saw um, I saw Pantera twice. Once 
in Reunion Arena with um, Black Sabbath and Incubus, and then mm. I saw him on OzFest in 2000, I think. Fuck. So. Okay, cool. So, yeah, they're awesome. What? Any anything you'd like to promote yourself? Finally, or? Yeah, I'm a I'm a artist. I just had a graphic novel come out. Um, the publisher is is over in your neck of the woods on the other side of the pond. There, it's called Marcosia. Mm. Um, M A R K O S I A. If you go to their website, um, you can search for the book. It's called uh, Androsaurs. Okay, so like dinosaurs, but Andro with meaning man. A N D R O S A U R S. So yeah, and I'm working on the sequel now. It's kind of what I've been doing while I'm talking to you. I'm I'm sitting here doodling while I'm talking to you. Right. <laughs> so yeah, that's all it. right. All right, sweet. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, as always, guys, you can follow us at MetallicaPod, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show and you want to help support the show in any way, of course, you can leave us a review on iTunes. Go check out all the reviews people have left, thanks to all the uh, five stars and etc. Patreon is also there. All the episodes that I mentioned before, the Joe Rogan episode, the Through the Never episode, my top ten instrumental albums episode, those will all be on the Patreon. So if you want to support and get access to those on your phone, download them straight to your device, will be on there. Uh, yeah, go back through the archive as well. Check out all the other episodes that we've been covering on the show before and since. Chris, this has been, you know, a really funny chat, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. And absolutely, I just finished listening to the Flaming Rasmussen mm. episode you did. That one was awesome. That guy seemed like he was super cool. So Yeah. No, yeah. So, so you've just recently got into Alpha Metallica, right? Yeah, I just found you probably like a week ago. A week? And I've been... <laughs> I've <yeah>. been here. <laughs> yeah, man. And I'm, I just finished up... Yeah. Uh, like I said, the the yeah. Flaming Rasmussen is the that one I just early. finished up. That was early. That was like the first like six months I think of the show. Like, yeah, but I'm I'm gonna listen to them all because I mm. I have about a, like a 45 minute drive to I love that to work and back every day. So love. I just pop you on while I'm going to work, man. <laughs> That's fucking great, man. <laughs> I love that because I've done exactly the same. I cycled to work and I found so many shows that I've just binged through. So you know, I definitely appreciate that. And shout out to all the guests that he's going to listen to. Why don't you just go back and listen to all the old iTunes stuff as well. So, uh, yeah. yeah, this has been Tom, Alpha Talica, as always. Chris, thanks for your time. Thanks, man.